0: Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. You've heard the old phrase, opposites attract, when it comes to relationships, right? Well, what happens when these opposing forces drive each other nuts? Is there any hope for making love last when it feels like there's always conflict? In today's Ask the Coach episode, I'm answering a question from one of my listeners about the conflict she's having with her spouse because she's a dreamer and he's a planner. If you've ever struggled to find common ground in your relationship because of the opposite ways you both think, then listen in as I give her some winning strategies that will help her love last. Hello Creators! Hey, it's your host Jeremy Flagg welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. Hey, I'm really happy that you joined me today on this fine Thursday in December. And uh, I just want to give you a quick reminder before we get into today's episode uh, that you could leave a review from in the iTunes store and you're going to get a free giveaway. Uh, at least you'll be eligible for one. I'm giving, some, I'm giving away some pretty awesome prizes uh, at the end of December. In fact, it's the week of Christmas, so you have uh, another week and a half left before I start drawing names from the uh, iTunes store page. So, if you just leave a review for me in the iTunes store, you're going to be eligible for the free giveaway that I'm going to be giving away. These are one of a kind custom gifts from me to you. You will not be able to buy them, they are not uh, for sale, and they are completely awesome, I might say. I just finished all of the prep work on them today. They're off now, being customized, and uh, they'll be back in time for you to grab yours if you sign up on the iTunes store. All you got to do, you don't really sign up, but what you're doing is you're going to leave me a review or some feedback in the iTunes store. You're going to rate the show, going to review the show, and I'm going to announce your nickname and what you said about the show uh, either on the 22nd or 24th that week of Christmas, and you'll be able to go to an online gateway where I will have you put in all your information to make sure you receive your free gift. How cool is that? So just leave a review for me in the iTunes store. It's a season of giving anyway, and I would love to receive your feedback. So if you thank you kindly already in advance, I know you're going to really, by the way, totally dig these gifts, so get in as fast as you can. I'm going to give away two for sure, maybe four, depending on how many people respond, but I would really, really, really love to get some double digits into those reviews on iTunes. It's going to elevate the, the show for other people like you to find it, uh, and we can grow our audience. Alright, that's enough business for the moment, because today I'm going to be answering one of your questions, and I'm always excited to do this. I love getting questions from you guys, so a uh, gentle reminder, if you have questions for me, for a coach, for if you always want to ask a life coach a question, or, or you know, some question about life or relationships, or your, even your business or your work life, uh, your leadership, your influence, whatever it is, how you want to maximize your impact, whatever it is, I would love to have your questions. I would love them because they help me curate the content for you and they help uh, others by uh, likely, you know, most people have a lot of the same questions in common. So it's really great when one of you is brave enough and courageous enough to step forward. So just head over over to jeremyflag.com slash podcast questions and you can ask me anything you want and yours might appear on the show. So today we're going to be talking about listener Shay's question. And listener Shay writes to me, how do you make a relationship work when one person is a dreamer, an inventor, and the other is a logistics planner? And does love conquer all? So she slipped in another question there. And by the way, that's okay to do too. (laughs) So Shay is obviously having a relationship question. Uh, I do not know the nature of her relationship, but I can guess it's her closest relationship, her significant other, partner, spouse. And she says, how do you make a relationship work when one person is a dreamer and the other one's a planner? And does love really conquer all? And of course, her second question is predicated on the first, isn't it? Because she's identified what she thinks is the problem in her relationship, that she is a dreamer and that he is a planner. Now, how do you suppose that I figured that out so quickly?? <laughs> well, because, you know, you know, there's always parity in relationships. Uh, and that's the way, Uh, That the world sort of goes around. You know, we call it opposites attract. uh, And of course, now that we know the law of attraction, we know all about quantum energy, we know that's actually not true. It's that like attracts like. But in relationships, we tend to be attracted to a partner who fills in the gaps of the human experience for us and amplifies and magnifies the experience that we're having in life. So if I'm a dreamer, I'm probably going to be tending towards someone who's more of a logistics planner person because they ground me out of the clouds. At the same time, that can turn very sour on me very quickly because that planner person, when they hear me riffing about my new ideas and my new plans, bring me down to earth by shooting me out of the sky. (laughs) Have you guys ever had this problem? I know plenty of people who have. I mean, I have this problem myself. I've had this problem uh, you know, issue, if you will. I wouldn't even call it a problem. It's been more of a, an ongoing thing that Lisa and I learned to uh, work on together. I am obviously one of the, the big thinker, dreamer persons in the universe, and she is a little more grounded than I am. So sometimes when I go riffing about big ideas, she brings me right back to Earth with some detailed question about something I haven't thought of yet about how the idea is going to work. And I go, wait a second, wait a second. Right. So, Shay, I sympathize with you. But more more importantly, I empathize with you. I understand where you're coming from. And hopefully, I'm going to give you a good strategy today. So here's the thing. Here's a couple things that I identify in this question. One is, you know, how do I make this relationship work? Well, making the relationship work is work. And one of the ways that you can work is, first of all, you have to check yourself. Check your own personal heart in the conversations that you're having with your spouse, significant other, partner. Uh, One of those things is judgment. Judgment shows up pretty easily in our equations, in our personal interactions when we are not curious any longer about what someone thinks. And when we have judged someone, then we have lost the ability to influence them. So let's say, for instance, I have a huge idea that I'm sharing with my wife and then she brings me, you know, shoots me out of the sky in my metaphor. <laughs> and I'm a little upset about it. And now I've judged that she's not even interested in my idea and doesn't, doesn't want to hear any you know, more about it. And then I just clam up. And then a couple seconds later, she goes, Well, why'd you, you know, why'd you stop talking? I thought you were gonna tell me more about it. And I'm like, Well, why would I even tell you more about it? You already don't want to hear it. Right. So I'm judging that she doesn't want to hear what I'm saying. And I have not, you know, stayed curious in the conversation. So the first caution that I would give you, Shay, is I would love for you to stay curious with your spouse, with your partner, or significant other. Stay curious in the conversation because just because someone uh, like a planner or a logistics person brings you down to earth with their comment or with their question doesn't mean they don't want to keep listening. It just means that that's where their brain is going, which leads me to the next caution before we move to the strategy, which is that if you're checking your curiosity and whether or not you're judging someone, which is very important to do in this conversation, the next thing I want you to check is whether or not you're appreciating your differences. Because the number one way, the number one step, I would say, there's seven steps to to masterfully creating change. And coaches, good coaches know these. I know them, of course. I use them with my clients. Uh, one of the, the first steps in any way to create change is to understand and appreciate the other person's world. So if you want to create change in your relationship with your partner and the way that you guys interact, then you're going to need to understand and appreciate his world, her world, whoever world you're, you're talking to. If that's the number 1 law of influence, you got to understand and appreciate all of the world that someone's coming from. And while you're spending all that time trying to appreciate them, you don't have much time to judge them or to think lowly of them or to think of them in any other way as a person because you're doing your best to appreciate and understand them. You know, differences don't make us inferior to one another, but that's the trap we get into when we don't seek to understand one another. We 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 go into the inferiority trap. This is the the unfortunate thing that's happening in politics in America right now, uh, we've got people marginalizing huge groups of people, uh, you know, this, you know, we've got people in the Republican side of things, uh, you know, saying things like, you know, we should just disallow all Muslims from entering our country. Uh, there's not a, a sweeping generalization, right? Um, good luck influencing, having any influence with the Islamic community, by the way, uh, now that you've just judged all of them. Uh, You know, and then we've got, you know, sweeping generalizations about skin color and immigration. Uh, We've got, you know, sweeping generalizations about, um, you know, white police officers and and black citizens, black male citizens. I mean, look, anytime we don't seek to understand and appreciate the other person's world, we will end up getting into thinking inferiority. uh, Inferior, inferior thoughts. We're beginning to think or objectify the other group of people or the other person as an inferior human being to us. Now, it might not be conscious, and it might not be arrogant like it sometimes is uh, in the news media, but it, it'll happen nonetheless, and it'll shift the conversation, and you'll, it'll shut everything down. You guys will have emotional reactions to one another. People will get angry. People will shut down. People will walk away. People will throw things. People will yell. People will scream. You get the idea. And this is where a lot of our fights come from. They come from this, you know, misunderstanding about how we can embrace one another's differences and appreciate one another's worlds and stay curious. Stay curious about the other person. No judgment. And let's not slip into the inferiority complexes. So those are my two cautions, Shay. Now, here is a strategy. And I love this strategy and it works. I do not remember where I heard the strategy from originally, but I have heard it again from my coach. Whom I love very much. And if you're listening today, Sue, kisses and hugs to you for remembering this strategy and giving it back to me. Now, uh, she holds me to this because I do have troubles with this strategy, but I have used it to great effect with my wife and it works magic. And I call it the Disney strategy. The Disney strategy because it comes from an observation, some leadership book, I do not remember which one that I read. you know, had this strategy in it. They called it the Disney strategy because they observed the Disney company in action and they re- re- realized that there was three separate entities or three separate roles that helped execute all the ideas that take place in Disney. That's the movies, the theme parks, all of it. All the new ideas go through this whole, you know, process. And here's where it starts. There are three roles for executing these ideas in the Disney strategy. One is the dreamer, one is the realist, and one is the critic. You might be asking, how in the world is this going to help me? Well, listen to how it works. There's a room full of dreamers, and they get dreaming space all to themselves on the Disney campus, and they are not allowed to interact with anyone else, and no one else is allowed to interact with them, more uh, importantly, (laughs) So dreamers are locked away in their own place to allow themselves a judgment-free zone to just think out loud, to just think out loud and say their craziest, coolest ideas and just say whatever it is that comes to the top of their brain. And what they do is they just write all of it down and they don't judge any of it. And then they hand off these brainstorming, huge possibility ideas to the realists The realists have another location on campus and they, you know, they have more of a cafe style location, uh, that, that they kind of hang out in. And then their, their job is to, is to make it real. Their, Their question they're asking themselves is how can I make this real? So what they do is they don't judge the ideas that come from the dreamers. They take the ideas, they follow up with them. And make action plans out of them. They count the costs of them. They call who they need to call. They research what they need to research. They put an action plan on paper and they're looking for the result that they really want. So it's a neutral environment where they don't judge what happens. They just try to make it into an action step, you know, actual thing. And that what they might find out in this phase is that it might work. It might not work. But whatever it is, they just try to make it real And make it tangible and get it into a plan or an outline on paper of some sort. Then the realists hand off their their first draft of action plans off to the critics. So the dreamers hand them off to the realists. And then the dreamers never interact with anybody else in the process. The realists are the middlemen. And they interact with the dreamers to take their ideas. And they interact with the critics who are tasked with considering all of the action steps necessary they're looking the critics job is to take what the realist gave them and then poke holes in the action plans they're not poking holes in the idea by the way they're not poking holes in the dream they're just poking holes in the action plan and they ask things like well what if you can't do this and what if people don't want that Uh, and then they take the ideas from the you know that they've come up with all their red mark on the realist uh, you know, action plan, and they send them back for refinement. And then, and then it goes from the critic to the realist back and forth until they get a viable plan that the critics are happy enough with that they'll put a seal of approval on, and then they will go rubber stamp it so that Disney can bring the idea to life. Dreamer, realist, critic. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you, Shay. Is it possible that you guys are having all this conflict because the dreamer and the critic are in the same room at the same time? Is that possible? Is it possible that the realist in your partner is bringing you down too quickly because you're in a dreaming phase and he's in a realism phase? I think it's totally possible. So I'm going to ask you to employ this strategy. I want you to recognize that you might need three different conversations The first one might be, hey, honey, I've got this great idea and I really want you to hear it. Can you put on your dreaming hat for me? And you need to explain to him what that means or her what that means. But bottom line is when I explained it to my wife, I just said, honey, I got this great idea. I need you to put on your dreamer's hat with me, okay? I don't want you to bring it down to earth. I don't want you to ask me any critical questions. I just want you to listen and add if you have anything and we can make this thing awesome and then we'll talk about how to make it real. So that alleviates the pressure on both of you to say anything or approve of anything or validate anything because you're just dreaming out loud. How cool is that? Then you can put on a different hat. Maybe even move to another part of the house. Maybe even go to a cafe, go to a coffee shop, talk about what it means to make this thing real. Try to put it into action steps. You can even employ your partner's help if they are so inclined. If not, just become the realist for your own idea and realize that you need this moment to get your action on paper because dreams stay dreams when we don't schedule them and make them realities. And then move to another location, preferably an office, your home office, maybe your business office, an office of some sort wherever you work, your workplace, and that's where you want to hand it off to the critic. The critic might be your partner in this case, so that might be a great idea for them. You know, Hand them off the action plan and say, hey, can you poke some holes in this thing and tell me what you see might be wrong? Mark it up for me. Give them permission to do so and function in their strengths and then hand it back to you as the realist. Remember, dreamers, critics never interact, so you never have to do that. Just wear different hats. Just wear different hats in your relationship and things might be a little bit more peaceful. Because critics and dreamers should never be in the same room. Disney knew that, and it's a monster-working strategy for them. Wouldn't you agree? Now, what if we could just apply this into our relationships? I just gave you some ideas. I'm just going to tell you, Shay, I hope this really works for you because it has given me permission to go full out with my dreams and my ideas, and it's brought a lot more peace to my wife and I and a lot less conflict when I'm trying to share new things. So I hope that helps with your dreaming my friend Shay and with your, uh, with your close friend, your partner, your significant other, because honestly, that's what it's really all about. You know, go back to the beginning. I told you to stay curious, stay curious in your personal interactions in your own heart, stay curious, just keep digging, keep digging and try to appreciate without judgment what they, what the other person is giving you. The less expectations you bring to the conversation, the less conflict there's going to be. And then don't forget to appreciate your differences. Don't fall into the inferiority complex. Don't fall into feeling diminished by his questions or her questions. Don't fall into that trap either because you're not inferior. You're more than equal. You guys have more than enough for each other. There's just different. And different's not inferior. It's just different. And then I gave you the Disney strategy. You know, employ it at your, uh, uh, at your discretion. But honestly, I think this is really awesome. It works really, really well. If you're a dreamer, if you're a planner, and you guys are together, and that happens pretty often... Just wear different hats. Start the conversation by realizing that you're going to need to plan time to dream, plan time to be real, and plan time to critique the work. I hope that helps with everyone that's listening to this episode because I'm sure a lot of you have an opposites moment in your relationships and it might be driving you a little bonkers every once in a while. I hope this strategy helps you. So as we close this episode, I'm going to leave you with a thought from Mr. Walt Disney himself who said this. We keep moving forward, opening new doors, and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps us leading us down new paths. Like I said, friends, get out of that pattern that you're in together by trying something new. Keep doing something new. Stay curious, out of judgment, and out of inferiority about one another. And you'll find that love really does conquer all. Have a breakthrough day, my friends, and I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to JeremyFlag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. Don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says please rate and review the show. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag create you. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on Create You, and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life-changing episode. You won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you.